We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with John McKechnie filling in for uh, Paul Bruno. Get well soon, Paul. Uh, the, I don't know, the spring cough or cold or flu or something is making its rounds not only through America, but now through Canada, too. It's I, the I, vicious Toronto strain. Unbelievable. It's uh, It's been weird. There's been a bunch of people I've seen that are just hacking up a storm. So hopefully Paul is uh, feeling better in the near future. Uh, John, it's a weird Wednesday. No day games today. So a 15 game. I know. Bummed out. I'm, I'm home and there's no, there's no day games on. I'm so bored. Yeah. But work, working Wednesday afternoons with no games on uh, is is not optimal at all. Uh, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other platform where you can rate and review it, please take a few moments to do that. We'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, let's start with the pitching today. Uh, looking at the most expensive option on the board, Carlos Carrasco, Jake DeGrom, Jake Arietta, all over $10,000. DeGrom checks in at 10-7, Carrasco at 10-6, Arietta at 10-1. Both DeGrom and Carrasco are on the road. DeGrom getting the Braves and Carrasco getting the Tigers. I generally don't use pitchers against the Tigers in mm-hmm. any DFS context. So for me, of that top three, a lot of the interest is actually centered around Jake Arietta, even though he's really struggled his last two times out. Right, I, th- I think that's that's a fair way of putting it. You know, he gets the home uh, home matchup there. He gets the uh, the Phillies, who you know, other than the the Braves, would be the the weakest of the three matchups uh, in this context. You know, uh, like you said, the Detroit. You know, uh, I always feel Oogie stacking their batters, but at the same time, you know, kind of echoing your sentiment, it's hard to really use a pitcher with confidence against them because they they are kind of able to blow up for you know eight to ten runs in a given game it seems like uh, especially in the division um so i think arietta would be the safest of the, of these top three guys for sure been in such a miserable 
DFS slump. It feels like forever. It's only been probably a week, but uh, a week feels like an eternity when you're not uh, having things go your way. Right. Uh, interesting to note, and, and, and the salaries I just mentioned were a tick off. I don't know if there's a feed problem right now or not, but DeGrom is 11 flat, Carrasco's 10-6, Arietta 10-1, so I think only DeGrom may have been wrong of that bunch. Um, as far as the two road starters go, I mean, you mentioned your concerns about Carrasco with the Tigers lineup. Is DeGrom in play for you at 11,000? I think I, I would I would just rather have uh, Arietta at this point because uh, Degrom. I mean, he's been an absolute strikeout machine, um, but the the Mets just seem to kind of be in shambles right now. So I, you know, this could be one of those ones where I'm fully confident that Degrom can go ahead and get you that quality start bonus, um, and you know, probably push for ten strikeouts. But you just worry about the run support. You know, even for you know, even against the Braves, I, I still feel like that Mets lineup is just completely out of sorts right now. So, you know, eleven thousand is a lot uh, to pay up for a guy that you're not uh, fully confident is even going to get the win. Could be a, a nice revenge game for Bartolo Colon tonight too, as he faces <laughs> off uh, against some some teammates that he has uh, spent a lot of time with in recent seasons. Tonight, uh, you get Marcus Stroman on the road against the Yankees at ninety two hundred, not crazy about Stroman at that price in that spot in part uh, because the Jays offense is really struggling to score some runs I know matching up against CC Sabathia you know run support may not be as difficult for Stroman to come by tonight as it has been overall through these first four plus weeks of the season uh, but something about the the at NYY designation just has me a little spooked right now uh, maybe it's Aaron Judge just tearing the cover off the ball and, and really kind of anchoring that Yankees lineup mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, going back to what you said about the Yankees, I mean, they are second in in all of baseball in terms of weighted on base as as a team. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty terrifying stat if you're going to roll a pitcher out against them. I do generally like Stroman. You know, I've used him several times this year and, you know, he's he works out great most of the time. But uh, like you said, he just doesn't really get the run support. I think he was like 43rd among qualified pitchers uh, in terms of run support. And on the other side, uh, Sabathia is, I believe, seventh or tied for seventh in terms of run support. Um, Obviously, you know, that could change. But I just feel like that Blue Jays lineup is tough to trust in terms of uh, getting him that run support. You know, like I mentioned with DeGrom earlier. So uh, the tough matchup, plus my doubts about uh, the Blue Jays scratching runs across for him. Uh, that that probably takes uh, Stroman off the board, especially in Yankee Stadium. So I think right now we're both looking at Arietta as probably the preferred cash game option. I don't think there's a reason to avoid him in GPPs, but if you no. get cheaper down the price list, uh, there are a few other options to consider. Are you buying into Gio Gonzalez? This version of Gio, he's gone at least six innings in each of his first five starts. The walk rate has been low. I keep waiting for the four and two thirds. 10 hits, 6 runs, 5 walks, just Geo special, but I have to wonder if maybe he's just made a few adjustments and he's finally delivering on that potential that that left us chasing him for the last 5 years. Yeah, I mean I, I kind of wanted to ask you the same question as to what when you think the expiration date for the for the Geo 2017 vintage uh is is up, you know, because he has been just unbelievable to start the year. I mean, he even had a really nice start at cores, you know, that that's something that you don't expect uh, from a guy like Gio. So uh, that's pretty impressive stuff. But uh, he is going against Arizona. 
I know that, you know, that that sort of takes guys like Jake Lamb and some of their other left-handed power and kind of limits them to an extent, but you know, they still have, you know, Goldschmidt waiting for him. Um, so I'm just, I'm still just creeped out about the geo thing. I still just don't feel like this is going to, going to last. It might, it might keep going for another month or two, but I don't want to be the one that, that bets on him going against that Diamondbacks lineup. And then, the, you know, uh, he kind of reverts back to form because Arizona can certainly punish you uh, if, if you're missing your spot. And the weird thing is the Diamondbacks have been really bad on the road as a team so far. 275 Woba puts them 28th in Major League Baseball outside of Chase Field. Uh, so on the surface, you're thinking, OK, Geo's safe again today. But I, I'm with you. I don't ever really look at Geo and, and still... Uh, still have these doubts and, and just kind of feel like he's not that safe uh, despite the success to this point. You got Jamison Tyon on the road in Cincinnati at 8500 The price is fair. I think the issue could be heavy wins at Great American Ballpark. It's been a problem in this series. Uh, mm-hmm. Left-handed power gets boosted up uh, in that park as well. But I, I think Tyon's at least a, a second or third consideration on FanDuel for me and GPPs today. Yeah, that's it. It was hard to move off of him when I was kind of making my first uh, lineup for this slate. Um, I think at 8,500, he definitely, you know, fits the bill for a nice GPP option. And really, it's it's not that I'm like super confident in tie on. It's just like if if you're not going the Arietta or, you know, DeGrom route, it's this is kind of a trashy slate as far as your GPP pitchers are concerned. I mean, you, you know, you don't feel good about using Samarja, uh, especially, you know, not. Uh, at home uh, chase anderson obviously off to a good start but you know he kind of uh came back down to earth recently robbie ray going against the nationals uh, the nationals have just an absurd uh, weighted on base against left-handers so that that kind of takes robbie ray off the board for me uh pomeranz uh this is going to be his third time facing the orioles in a little bit over a month so you know there's a chance that they're going to start to figure him out a little bit and then you know it's hard to trust wainwright at this stage as well so um really it's sort of like tyon i look at him as like the the least of all the evils on, on this sort of mid-tier for the pitchers yeah i'm with you for for a 15 game schedule it's not as uh, favorable as you might think looking through the mid-tiers and even some of the lower tier options uh, if I had to choose a pitcher under 7,500 for tonight, and that really narrows it down as far as the quality <laughs> options go, I'd probably be torn between Charlie Morton, home against the Rangers, and even that I'm not feeling great about, and Antonio Senzatella, who is on the road taking on the Padres. I mean, I know Senzatella hasn't been able to deliver much as far as strikeouts. He had six Ks in his first start of the season in five innings against the Brewers. Uh, he's only gone down from there, 5-3, three, 3-1, three, and one in the four starts since, but uh, he did match up against the Padres once already this season, gave up just two earned over seven innings, uh, struck out five, walked one, 40 points on FanDuel from a $6,700 price point would be acceptable if he could just do that again. And I think the the Padres bring up the strikeout upside of pretty much any pitcher, given how much swing and miss they have in that lineup, especially against righties. Well, I think that you bring up some really good points as far as, you know, the how many holes that the Padres have in that lineup. Um, I think a lot of times in GPP, um, a lot of us can kind of get excited about the prospect, excited about the young pitcher. So obviously Julio Urias is going to be on the mound tonight and he's cheap. He's 7,400. Uh, I, I imagine that a lot of people are going to be going after him uh, in tournament play. Uh, because he, you know, opens up so much salary for you, and the the Giants' offense hasn't looked so good 
to this point, and Urias had a pretty quality uh, outing against him in his in his uh, 27 debut or 2017 debut. So, like, do you do you think that you're going to go to the Urias w- uh, well at all? You're going to fade him? I'm going to fade him. Uh, I think in part because I think even when he's pitching well. I'm not convinced he's ever going to go real deep into the game. I think the, the mm-hmm. best case scenario with Urias is six innings. And yes. um, that's that's a pretty big red flag when you have 29 other starters to choose from. I, I love the talent. I think in, in Dynasty Leagues, he's great. But in, in DFS, um, on, a, on a full-size slate especially, I don't think there will be many times this year I'll be using Urias. Unless we get to this point where later in the year, the Dodgers are turning him loose, and he's going seven innings or eight innings once in a while. At, at that point, maybe I'll reevaluate it. But I think early on especially, they're going to be worried about conserving bullets, if you will, with right. Urias' arm and, and trying to keep him as fresh as they can for the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, it seems, yeah, it seems like we're, we're still just light, light years away from them just kind of taking off the like any sort of restrictions on him and just let, you know letting him rip totally with you on that i think it could be a 2019 or so before urias is restriction free uh, given his age and his workload to mm-hmm. this point uh, let's start taking a look now at uh, bats we'll go position by position discuss some players that we like starting behind the plate catcher's been a minefield all season i mean it, it's been a lot of guys like robinson chirinos and alex avila uh, unsung heroes really guys that we had minimal expectations for coming into the season who've delivered at affordable prices uh, throughout the year. Uh, where are you going on today's slate with catchers? I mean, Jonathan Lucroy has been fool's gold for a month or so now, and I don't yeah. know I don't know if there's something is wrong with him. I wonder if he's hiding an injury because this is just not at all a typical four-week stretch for Lucroy. Yeah, the, the Lucroy thing is still puzzling me. You know, I really looked into it uh, last week, and I, I saw that his, his um, like batting average on balls in play was sitting at like 200. You know, that's absurdly low, and he was making good contact. His contact rate was over 90% as of last week, um, but it, it still just is not clicking, although I believe he did go yard uh, last night, uh, and he gets the matchup against uh, Charlie Morton tonight. So I... I know that Lucroy has been fool's gold, you know, almost to the to the Greg Bird extent um, to start the year at, you know, obviously talking different positions. But, um, you know, with how weak catcher tends to be on a nightly basis, um, I like I do like upside. I understand the argument uh, for getting a guy with a floor, you know, kind of like a, a Russell Martin, you know, he's going to get on base. Um, but Lucroy is upside, you know. Pretty much laps the field as far as you know what else is available uh, around that price. Uh, Real Muto is another guy that that you know kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think he offers a pretty nice floor. Uh, I think that he's a pretty safe bet to to get on base a few times, and he you know draws a matchup against Snell, who hasn't been all that good to start the year. So I'm looking at those two guys as, as my main catching options for for the night. I never really pay up for Buster Posey. Um, even though he draws a relatively favorable matchup potentially uh, tonight against uh, Urias. Yeah, I think uh, Gaddis and McCann, the two Houston catchers, are both uh, on watch for me. I mean, the lineups aren't out as we record this now around lunchtime, uh, but 3100 is the price, either or both of them. You know, you can't play them both unless you're playing multiple lineups, of course, but I, right. I like what they bring to the table uh, with Nick Martinez starting tonight for uh, the Rangers, so I'd consider that. And even Yasmani Grandal, I know it's a it's a matchup against Jeff Samarja, but you know with with Samarja, I'm not fearing him to the point of avoiding a good matchup. I think with Grandal, 
Um, you know, twenty eight hundred. It's a very fair price if he's definitely. going to play for the Dodgers tonight. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm de- definitely you know seeing Samarja as the opposing pitcher. That that definitely doesn't uh, scare me much at this point. You know, as a guy that has Samarja in like both of our RotoWire leagues and have have seen him go five innings with a million hits and runs every time he goes out. Uh, definitely not someone to avoid for DFS purposes. Uh, I. I- Try to avoid watching him as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, I have a few season long shirts strategy. too. Like, it, it, I just look the next day and kind of hope, like, oh, was it at least a quality start with some K's? Did the Giants show up, give him run support, sneak in a win? Like, he's he's just good enough for season long use for a lot of leagues, but I'd rarely consider him uh, as a as a like even a GPP option on a small slate. Uh, let's yep. move over to first base. You mentioned Greg Bird before. He hit the DL yesterday, and it turns out that his terrible start to the season. Uh, can almost certainly be attributed to the ankle injury he suffered back on March 30th. He's been trying to play through that. Mm. I think he had a flu situation going on early in the season as well. He's going to need a rehab assignment before he eventually comes back. But hitting the DL yesterday may be the best thing that has happened to him yet since the season started because he could come back later this month and possibly uh, get on and and produce uh, at the levels that we expected. But looking at first base, it's rarely a position where I go, ultra cheap it's usually one of the more chalky positions where i try to find you know the Votto, freeman goldie miggy rizzo type matchup that that looks the best and if there's a a few hundred dollars of a discount on one of those guys versus the others that's often the way i'll go eric thames of course against the reds was automatic for a little while too but oh yeah (laughs) uh, what are you doing at first base today you pan up for a top option again or do you have a cheap option that you like um i i generally my lineups tonight are going to have one of the more uh, expensive uh, first baseman going. Um, I'm not sure if I, if I'm comfortable going 4600 against against uh, Geo with with Paul Goldschmidt there. Even though I you know said earlier uh, that Geo is kind of due for a meltdown at some point. It's st- that's still a high price to pay for for against a, a matchup that has been really tough to start the year. Um, I think. Will Myers makes some sense at 4,200. You just wish that like there was some more punch uh, or more reliable punch uh, in that lineup behind him. So you can kind of feel assured that he's going to get driven home if he uh, gets on base or what have you. Uh, Thames makes a ton of sense to me at at 4,100, though, going against Wainwright, even though it's not at Miller Park. I think among the expensive options, uh, I like Thames or I I like uh, Matt Carpenter on the other side of that matchup at 3,900. Yeah, both Thames and, and Carpenter could be in play. Keep an eye on that game uh, this evening, though. There could be some weather concerns, a uh, possible rainout uh, for the Cards and Brewers, that those two teams being in the same division especially. I think rainouts become a little more likely. It's easier to yes. reschedule with so many other meetings still uh, remaining on the schedule between those two teams. You know, Kendry's Morales, I know he's been off to a slow start so far, but he gets CC Sabathia in the Bronx. You know, CC right. can... Uh, certainly leak the big flies from time to time. And, and Morales last year did a lot of his damage against lefties. So if I had to go cheaper at first base, Morales would be pretty high up on my list as well. But I think uh, yeah. a couple of the names you mentioned are, are interesting. And uh, we didn't really talk about Robbie Ray before uh, we were talking about pitching. I mean, he's susceptible to hard contact. And Ryan Zimmerman is just on a different planet right now. <laughs> he's still 3,800 relative to the other first basemen who are producing at elite levels right now. Zimmerman's still being discounted by the FanDuel salary gods. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to describe that at this point because, you know, like you said, he, he's just like intergalactic planetary right now. It's just I, I can't I don't know where he found the fountain of youth, but 
Uh, apparently he has, and it's working out uh, quite well to this point in the season. So I think there, there are going to be more runs than I think is implied in the over-under in that game, and I think that Zimmerman uh, can certainly be a big factor into that. And then if if I were to go a cheaper first baseman, aside from um, Morales, I think that that's a really smart call. If you wanted to go you know, kind of counter to the rest of the field, uh, I feel like en- Encarnacion, against a lefty and Matt Boyd. I think that he makes some sense down at 3,300. Obviously, he's off to a slow start in his own right. But, you know, he's got the potential to, to – he's got multi-home run game potential, you know, pretty much any time he digs in against a lefty. So I think that he might make some sense too. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before the Ed Wing starts to fly again. So I think that's a great call uh, against Boyd. So plenty of options, as is often the case uh, at the first base position. Uh, moving over to second – Things are a little trickier at second base right now. Still a slight discount on Jose Altuve, so if you got 4,200, you can pony up on a second baseman. No hesitation uh, on my part using uh, Altuve. Robbie Cano has been hot lately. He's at 4,000. The matchup today for him is against Ricky Nolasco. That's pretty appealing, being that it's at home uh, in Seattle. Uh, You look at Ryan Schimpf as maybe a cheap option if you're fading Senzatella. He's Mm 3,100. But the thing about Ryan Schimpf that I don't like it's like it's a home run or nothing. Like there's so it's seriously nothing. Yeah, there's such a low floor with him every day that I, I think he's really just GPP only at this point. I, I think so too. And even then, you don't feel particularly great about it because you know for every for every one of those home runs, you know it feels like there's a million of those strikeouts or, or you know the kind of bad luck line drives. So it, it's really hard for me to 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 use Schimpf with confidence, but you. You also know in the back of your head that that he can uh, or he does have that capability of going yard, um, but I I think I like uh, I like Jonathan Scope a decent bit tonight. You know among like if you're going away from that upper echelon of second baseman, your Murphys or Altuve's or Cano's. I think that uh, uh, Scope makes some sense. He 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 doesn't have great career numbers against Pomeranz yet. He's he's just uh, 0 for six. But you know this is this is going to be his third time facing him. Uh, this year and uh, Scope's got the kind of power to where if he can just get the ball in the air, it's probably going to be going over the monster uh, out at out at Fenway. So I think Scope makes some sense at thirty three hundred. The uh, punt play that I like the most is still Devin Travis. I mean, it's righty lefty against Sabathia. He's only twenty three hundred. He's had a couple multi hit games uh, the last two times out. And again, as I mentioned earlier, Sabathia when he when he makes mistakes, they can be uh, punished in a pretty big way. So I think if you want a, a GPP salary relief option. Uh, Travis seems to be figuring some things out. I looked closely at his slow start, and John, it looked a lot like what happened to him last year coming off shoulder surgery, where right. 15 games he just wasn't really himself. And uh, having an abbreviated spring training again this year looks like that may have had a lot to do with why he was so bad throughout April. Yeah, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, you know, the historical comparison to last year. Uh, obviously that, you know, that shoulder surgery takes a while to get back to 100% from that. So, you know, Travis is obviously the kind of guy that's talented enough to to really, uh, you know, uh, outperform a price tag down at, you know, down in the low 2000s here. So I think that, yeah, he definitely draws that matchup in you know, Sabathia. Uh, he gave up a, a home run that was almost 470 feet uh, last week to a right-handed batter. So I think that you know he obviously when he when he's missing, uh, it it can be big trouble. I I think I think you put it the best. Uh, just a, it's a punt play consideration, but it definitely has a little more upside than most of these guys that, that you're looking at down in like the low 2000s range. 
Let's take a look over at, at third base. Uh, Manny Machado still very affordable, 3700 going up against Drew Pomeranz in Boston. You know, that series uh, continues to heat up based on the, the antics that are, are going on. Uh, guys throwing at each other. Just I, I'm not going to go on a, a rant about that because there have been a million rants about that in the last uh, 72 hours. But you know, Machado fired up is something I... I I want, especially at a discounted price, thirty seven hundred is probably five to seven hundred dollars less than what he should cost going up uh, against a left-handed starter. So Machado's pretty high on the list for me tonight. I think Justin Turner, even though it's righty righty, his reverse splits go back a few years. Mm-hmm. Thirty six hundred for him against Shark can play, um, and I'm I'm thinking Kyle Seager at thirty seven hundred is also in the mix. Uh, I know the the hip injury was a problem for him a week or so ago, uh, but he went deep in his series over uh, against the, the Indians over the weekend. I think that bodes well uh, for his chances of kind of getting locked in here in the near future. Uh, I, you know, I think all those names that you're throwing out there make a ton of sense to me. And then, you know, going back to Machado, he's homered in back-to-back games, uh, three of the last five. You know, we, he got off to a really, really slow start to the, to the year, but it looks like he's he's finally come around, whether that's, you know, uh, due partially in part to just kind of how uh, – Bush League, the, the past two series against the Red Sox have been on both sides or not. Uh, the fact of the matter is he's really starting to crank and it's, you know, he's only at 3,700. So I, I'm definitely considering him in most places. Um, I, I want to know from your end as the, the sort of Brewers whisper as to when to use the Brewers properly. Uh, is this a night you're using Shaw at 3,700? It would be, but I'm, I'm really kind of spooked by the, the weather in that okay. game. Uh, to, that makes to, sense. To borrow an expression that you and, and Mario Puig like to use a lot. I mean, I, I think it, it's supposed to be, I, I don't know, it's supposed to be raining in St. Louis for like the next day or two. So I'm just kind of looking away from that game just to not have to deal with the possibility of a shortened game or a postponement or something along those lines. Um, Martin Prado, if he had home run upside, I would really like to use him. He mashes lefties uh, as much as he can mash anything. And, and Blake Snell is his matchup at 2,800 tonight. So I think there's a lot of ways you can go at third. You look a little further down, uh, a guy like Joey Gallo gets Charlie yes. Morton. I mean, I, I I think Charlie Morton is very interesting in the mid-90s, but he can still be blown up, make some mistakes, and, and Gallo has that that big power you're looking for to uh, cover a corner spot anyway. Um, Chris Bryant, 4,200 against Eikhoff, might be a little lower owned tonight, but money might be the problem, of course, as it yeah. often is. Uh, and Arenado at 4,300. I mean, going up against Jared Weaver, I know it's it's at Petco, but I like the idea of always getting a Bryant or an Arenado on a lower ownership sort of night because they always have the monster win you a tournament sort of ceiling in that in those bats. That's that's true. You know, I think some people do kind of um, overdo the uh, the Petco discount, and I, I think that this is certainly a case where where that's in play. Um, I think the third base. Uh, just uh, crop on a on a nightly basis is so loaded. I mean, uh, we're looking at Machado, Brian, and or Machado, uh, Gallo, and Castellanos. I think all all three of those guys are like near the top five or in the top five as far as uh, hard hit rate is concerned. And then you know you're looking at Arenado and Brian. Those are just two of the best uh, GPP options on or uh, I'm sorry, just daily fantasy options on a given night. So yeah, Weaver, uh, Arenado can turn on one of those and, and definitely hit the warehouse out and left. I could definitely see that happening tonight. So if, if I have extra money, um, you know it's it's tempting to go lower 
lower down the board at 3,700 for those options or 3,400. But, you know, I think you do bring up a good point that people might be, a lot of people might be going that route and ignoring the top of the board here. So Arenado uh, at 4,300 makes a ton of sense. Take a look at shortstop. Uh, if the Cardinals game were happening, I mean, Aledmi's Diaz is a guy I've been recommending day after day. He's still affordable, but I, again, the weather concerns there are a problem. Uh, you get Corey Seager, 3,600 against Shark. I like that play uh, quite a bit. Um, is there anything else, though, that you like at short, either mid-tier or even at the lower tier that makes some sense? I think uh, the... I, I really got intrigued by like the 3,000 and lower uh, options here. I think Addison Russell at 3,000, uh, always sort of underpriced, it seems like. Uh, so he makes some sense to me. Um, a guy that I've kind of talked about over the last week or so, and it's it's actually kind of starting to pay off, uh, Tim Beckham at 2900 you know he's a guy that that no one's really on at this point but you know he's former really high draft pick as you know and he's had you know some monster games he's an up and down guy for sure he's still not not producing on a consistent basis but he gets a matchup against Conley tonight I do like that matchup for him uh, because he's a right-handed bat uh, and he's you know he's hit a couple home runs of late he's starting to drive in some runs here for that for that Rays offense so I think that he's a guy that it's not going to be particularly high owned um, and I think that he he brings some upside and then you know Cozart and Andrews too for for both 2900 I think uh, both could could certainly play uh, in both cash or um, or in GPPs I would throw as Drupal Cabrera's name in there too 3000 going up against Bartolo Colon as a switch hitter could benefit a lot from the there you go. Uh, the way the ball's flying for left-handers in Atlanta so far uh, closing the book now with the outfield uh, taking a look at the price I mean Cody Bellinger it's kind of like is he a must play at 2600 or on a on a 15 game slate is he a better fade in gpps i mean it you know he's he's one of those guys it's just uh he's just really heating up to to the point right now where i'll just take my chances and, and use him you know it's almost like a you you understand he's going to be highly owned it's sort of like that free spot on a bingo board um but you know i think it's going to it's going to be one of those ones that pays pays off and it really helps you get creative with the rest of your lineup uh, you know when any time that you can spend 2600 on on an outfielder uh and do it confidently that that he's going to return double digit uh points for you i think you kind of have to do it regardless of how chalky it is yeah i think that's a it's a good point and you get a lot of platoon guys that I have traditionally smashed lefties at affordable prices. Brandon Geyer against Matt Boyd at 2200 Steve Pierce had two homers yesterday. I would have thought it was more likely to come against the lefty in CC today. Optimizer loves Steve Pierce tonight. It, yeah, I loved him yesterday, too. And, and yesterday I saw it as, as righty-righty, and I was like, eh, come on, Optimizer. You've, you've had... Optimizer also called Herman yesterday, though, so I'm, I'm starting to come around on the Optimizer. He's, uh, he's on a heater. Yeah, the, yeah, the optimizer is hot, and uh, maybe those lunch beers for the optimizer have been paying off. John uh, <laughs> Carlos Stanton's thirty eight hundred against Blake Snell. I, I think Snell's at the point where, as talented as he is, he's inconsistent to the point where I have, I have no hesitation to at least get some exposure to yep. him for any given outing. And, and Stanton at that price, I mean, that's that's the big power payoff you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that. Uh, yeah, Snell Snell's a guy that uh, his his whip has been high all year. He's always letting guys on base, and and you know it, it only takes uh, you know 
with Stanton takes one swing and, and, you know, he's already hitting value for you. So I think that he's definitely a guy that, uh, Snell misses his spot and it, it, it's going a long, long way. So, uh, Stanton, Stanton, I mean, he's, he's a guy that you always have to at least consider in your outfield, you know, if you can afford him. How are you feeling about cargo at 2,800? It's on the road, but it's that Jared Weaver matchup. I mean, I I think it's going to be fairly popular, but not overwhelming over the top chalkiest outfield call ever popular yeah i guess it, it won't be but i think that that has to do with the fact that cargo's just been bad this year i think that you know it it, it it's a point where like you don't think that anyone with a name like Carlos Gonzalez, like, you know, a guy that's been so good for so long uh, is down in, in this tier, you know, the sub 3000s. But honestly, that's that's kind of the returns that he's been giving you uh, to this point in the year. And I, I understand that that Weaver matchup is really hard to, to lay off of it, you know, and that that's a nice way to get an Arenado uh, Gonzalez stack that doesn't, you know, cu- like kind of eat up like half your hitter's salary um, or what you allot to that. So I think that uh, he he makes some sense, but like I just I just feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna make one of those stacks and I'm just gonna get a zero from him somehow. So as far as the uh, other options of the outfield goes, anybody else you're thinking about building around, filling in with? Uh, as far as uh, building around, um, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, I think Adam Jones also kind of makes some sense if you want to go like that that Orioles route um, as far as, uh, you know, kind of a he's not super expensive tonight. So I think that he makes some sense. Uh, Jay Bruce is heating up and he also gets Bartolo Colon. But, you know, the rest of that that Mets offense, it's hard to like you can't like build around him per se. But, you know, if you have if you have like a couple extra couple hundred extra dollars floating around and you can move up uh to get a guy like like jay bruce i think that that would make some sense i think you know targeting bart at this stage is is never a terrible idea um but beyond that uh that i mean he would he would be my guy and then i guess conforto if you really wanted to to double down on your mets i'm not sure that's uh not the greatest uh advice right there and then i mean judge uh, I'm going to try to fit him everywhere at 4,100. I know that he's facing, you know, the best pitcher on the on the Jays staff, but I mean, Judge is just kind of like what you said about Zimmerman earlier. He's just on another level at this point, and he can, you know, hitting at Yankee Stadium 4,100 when he could be at 4,500 with his recent performance. I think Judge is a guy that I'm definitely going to try to fit at all costs. Yeah, Judge is just on an amazing stretch right now. Uh, the last uh, cheap outfielder that I'm, I'm thinking about is Cole Calhoun, 2,800 against Hisashi Iwakuma in Seattle. So a nice park boost for Calhoun as a lefty going on the road to Safeco. Baseball fans, we are now into May, so baseball's in full swing, which means FanDuel is back and better than ever. It's fantasy baseball for everyday fans. New contests starting every day. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New for this year, they've got the late swap contest, so you can edit your players up to the start time of each individual game. No more worrying about late lineup scratches or sudden storms. Updated scoring includes quality starts, so we're not win-hunting quite as much as we had to in the previous years. And there's also friends mode, where you can create a league for your friends. Choose the day as you play each week. Contests are created automatically. Plus, a leaderboard will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. 
have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today and you get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. W. It's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. You can find John on Twitter at Johnny McKex, J O H N N Y M C K E C H S. Rewind that, pull over the car instead of trying to like write it down <laughs> on the fly. I should probably give that direction first as opposed to last. Uh, I'm Matt Derek Van Riper. Of course, you can follow Rotowire at Rotowire. We're back with you tomorrow. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.